you know, if, if I put out a little positive to my husband, he gives it back to me and then I want to give it back to him. And, you know, it just, it just keeps working that way. That's not to say that it doesn't, you know, go off track every now and then, but then you can put it back on track fairly easily. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss a new study out that reveals who married couples are more attracted to, other married people or singles, and what does it all mean? Stay tuned. It's hot outside, which is a perfect time to light the barbecue and crack open the wine. That's right, pairing the right wine with the right grilled item is great. For example, Zinfandel is fantastic with sausage while a Malbec hits the spot for burgers. Sounds fun, right? Then head over to hitchmag.com, click the wine club link and learn more about our awesome wine club. By the way, the wine club also makes a fantastic anniversary gift. Prepaid gift options for three, six and 12 months are available. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I am doing fantastic. Karen, for those tuning in for the first time or uh, have forgotten, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Uh, she is joining us today uh, to discuss a new study um, this study, I actually, I mean, this study I thought was really interesting. So essentially the study says, so the, the study took, um, I think it was 131 people and, uh, they were, um, shown images and they would tweak the images to make the people more or less attractive. And the thing that the study demonstrated was this unconscious process that when happy couples were um, shown somebody who they would have assumed to be attractive, when they were told that that person was single, they um, responded that they found that person less attractive. Uh, when they were single as opposed to if that person had been in a relationship. Uh, the study, I should just put this out here, the study it was published in the Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin and it is conducted by Dr. Shanna Cole and Dr. Emily Balsitis. Um So, again, happy couples in relationships when shown a picture of somebody who was attractive, when they were told they were in a relationship, they found them uh, more attractive. When they were told that that person was single, they found them less attractive. Does this surprise you, Karen? Yeah, I I read the study and I, I, I was surprised. Um, but though I am a clinician, I have, of course, studied research. And there are some questions I have about the research. So the first thing I'm going to say 
and I, I don't mean any disrespect. I mean, I think that being published in a journal that is as respectful as Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin is, is quite wonderful. Um, I would like to be published in something that is, you know, so well respected. But just because you're published in a journal doesn't mean that your study was run well. So I didn't see anything in the study that indicated um, how long were the people that they were um, testing, how long were they married? Because I wonder if they would get the same results for couples who were married, let's say, 20 years as people who were married two years. Because I think that there are other factors that come into play um, when you're married a really, really long time. Um, and so, okay, so a couple things I want to jump in really quick. So one of the things that the study showed was that this was um, for people who were in happy, satisfied relationships, uh, not right. not ones that were experiencing trouble. And then, so to your point, so what are some of those things that you were talking about that you would like to see? Well, you know, I could say that I'm in a happy marriage and I'm satisfied being married 20, 25 years. But one of the things that could be happening at that point is that there's not much novelty and that things are getting a little, you know, dull. So therefore, I might be attracted to somebody um, knowing even that they are single just because of the novelty of it. Now, okay. Um, I'm playing devil's advocate really quick. So this mm -hmm. was on a purely, purely visual attraction mm -hmm. uh, thing. So when you're talking about novelty, I don't know. I th When I think about novelty, I often think of jumping on a roller coaster or something that I wouldn't do on a typical day. Um, but you're saying like novelty could be in this person is – just the way this, they look. Just absolutely. the way they look. They have this like unique sure. exotic look that I'm like, whoa. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, the other thing that I want to know is were the couples asked this together or were they asked this individually? Okay. Because there could be an influence on how the partners answered and did they answer it anonymously or not? Mm-hmm. You know, so those to me are some things that can impact the results of the research. But if we go just with, you know, the basic findings of the study, yeah, I guess I am a little bit surprised by it. Okay. And I, I mean, I guess what, what makes you so surprised by the results that we would have this unconscious? Yeah. That, yeah. that, that it, that it's actually there. Like that's the part that surprises you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that we would just automatically have this safeguard there. I think, see, because I actually didn't find this very surprising. And I think part of it is when you're in – here's – actually, this is the first thought that came into my head when I read this study. The thing that came into my head was it reminded me of couples who talk about um, that like celebrity free pass card – like I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> okay, so oh, the, you could go ahead and, and sleep with somebody if could, it was a celebrity. You could go ahead and sleep with that yeah. celeb. Like that is okay. your celebrity, and if that offer was ever on the table, like you could yeah. totally go sleep with them. And so yeah. when I saw this, I thought like, oh, I get it because um, 
we give our spouses a free pass because we don't think that would ever happen. Uh-huh. Right? And I feel uh-huh. like this study kind of reinforces that point, which is, well, if they're in a relationship, well, of course there's not going to be anything happening with you because they're taken and you're taken. But if they're single, watch out because that person might be coming after my man or that my mm-hmm. my woman, right? So mm-hmm. that was kind of how I interpreted it. And even though it's not I would say the results aren't particularly accurate in that, well, of course people who are in marriages can come after your spouse. Um, but I think on the that unconscious level, it makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. Maybe, you know, because so much of the work that I do is helping couples repair from affairs, I don't necessarily, you know, trust that that is there. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because we obviously, while we might find them less attractive, I think part of, you know, to continue on to the second part of that sentence would be, but they can still cheat. <laughs> okay. Like, because like, yeah. I, I think, because, you know, I think, like, to give um, credit to the study, like, attractiveness doesn't necessarily mean anything when it comes to action. People That's talk true. about, That's people right. talk about, you know, you know, downgrading their uh, standards all the time in the dating pool, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what you know that kind of a thing. So, anyways, um, I so I part of it that I thought was interesting was they when if a person was single, mm-hmm. this um, there was no attractiveness bias or unconscious movement. Um, if when if a person was single and done this and were had done this exact same experiment, they found the person equally attractive whether mm-hmm. or not they found that they were in a relationship or single. Right. Um, now, this is all happening on an unconscious level. Everything that we've been talking about. Um, do you think though that okay, you're listening to this podcast that you now know this? Do you think that people should be more deliberate? and or protective slash defensive um, when they find someone attractive and they're in a happy relationship? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, I I don't think there's anything wrong with being attracted to somebody, um, being aware of your thoughts, but there's a difference between what you think and then what your actions are. So be cognizant of your thoughts but also be aware that, you know, um, you don't have to act on them. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, if you dance with the devil, you might get burned. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause part of it too, is we have talked in the past. Um, I think we have discussed it and I know I've discussed it with other people on the podcast about uh, the role of flirting in relationships and, and, and this was actually, we did an article on this and I remember we got a lot of feedback on it, but the... Um, couples who would go out, flirt with somebody who wasn't their spouse, like say they're at a party mm-hmm. and they were on the opposite sides of the room and they would, you know, strike up a conversation with somebody and flirt with them a little bit. But then they would take that flirty mojo home with them with their spouse and that would like rev up their mm, right uh, relationship right by kind of yeah. like hijacking that flirt essentially right um 
So I guess you know I'm getting to the point that you you will be attracted to other people. Period. We're all human. That just happens. Um, you're and and this study is saying well you're going to find somebody less attractive if they're in a relation or I'm sorry if they are yeah you're going to find them less attractive if they're single when you're happily married um and you're saying like yes but just know that you should still be protective because you have people coming into your office all the time where things didn't quite play out to their unconscious desires correct Got correct it. You know, things happen. Things yep. happen. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I have more to say, but I'm going to wait to see what you're going to ask me, and then and then I have. Okay. I bet you're going to ask me what I'm thinking. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So um, another interesting tidbit was that uh, the more satisfied people were mm-hmm. in the relationships, the more that they actually downgraded the attractiveness right. of others. Right. Um, and one of the things that this another idea that this sparked in my head was that. Uh, we know that when couples are happily married and they have to rank the importance of the satisfaction of their marriage, sex gets a very low mark on that. Like, right. yeah, sex is fun and all that stuff, but it's not really that important to the happiness of our marriage. But when they're unhappy, uh, it's a huge outweighed chunk of their unhappiness. Um so when they are more satisfied, that that is in direct correlation to the amount that they degrade their attractiveness. Um, what do you think about that? Well, and and that's exactly what I was starting to think about. I think that in general, if you're happy, um, then you're not going to look outside the relationship. Um, so whether it's that in as you're saying, analogous to sex doesn't become such a big issue or whether it is noticing uh, that, um, you know, he does X, Y, and Z or she never does A, B, and C. Again, the more satisfied you are, the less you're going to see negative, the more you're going to see positive. That being said, the flip is the less happy you are, the more negative you're going to notice. So um, again, it doesn't surprise me that if you're feeling good about your relationship, the less attractive other people are going to look. You're not. You have no reason to look for it. Yeah. But the more that you feel good, and the more that uh, the more that you don't feel good, um, the more that there's a wanting, there's you know a desire, and very often, when somebody does get involved in an affair. The question is, what does the affair represent to you? What is it that the affair is giving you that you're not getting? Mm. So it's really addressing um, what the need is, you know, what's missing for you. So like you you were talking earlier about uh, novelty, for example. Yes. Like you're missing that in your relationship. Right, right. Or, you know, I'm not feeling like I can be myself or I don't, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm not accepted for who I am. You know, it can be any number of things, but it it really is more representative of what is, is not being um, satisfied um, either within yourself or in the relationship. I don't want to blame it always on your spouse. Sure. Because a lot of times it, it isn't because of what the spouse is or isn't doing. Um, but it, you know, the focus is more on what, 
is the need that's being fulfilled by the other person. So yes, of course, if, if you're happy in your marriage, then you're not going to be looking elsewhere and finding something particularly attractive. Yeah. So uh, it's all, so if you are if you have a thought in your head where you are looking where you feel like you're missing something, you consciously or unconsciously start looking for that elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I kind of think of it too as um, if you're out buying a car, right? Like if you're not in the market to buy a car, hold it, hold it. You are giving me a car analogy and I'm, not a football analogy. I, I know. Well, okay. we haven't okay. even hit training camp yet, so. Okay. All right. <laughs> so if you are if if you're if you're in the market to buy a car, mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden, like you are checking out every car in the parking lot, every car that drives yeah. by you. You're peeking in windows and looking mm-hmm. to see what the center console setup is like. But when you're not in the market to buy a car hundreds thousands of them right. zip by you and you don't even give a second yep. look right yeah, that's a good analogy that's and a very good every analogy. once in a while you will have that you know that lamborghini or something that passes by you and it catches your eye but then it just passes yeah and that's that yeah. attractiveness right right like now i'm also going to say something and i i'm a bit of, i'm taking a bit of a risk here but it's it's very interesting that your emotion there's no there's no reality there's no absolute reality in the world the only reality is whatever it is that you know your personal reality is so so you so you mean by there's there's no actual reality your your view on things and my view on things there's no cohesion between the two you have your version of reality and i have my version of reality there's nothing that is absolute okay got it okay when couples come into me for the first time, one of the things that I will ask them, because it, it is revealing about what is now missing in the relationship, because whatever it is that they initially found appealing about their partner is obviously now problematic. So one of the questions I'll ask is, you know, what is it that you found attractive or appealing in your mate? And very often, the person will look at their mate and say, well, you know, he or she was so attractive and, and I'm sitting there and I'm quietly saying to myself, really? You know, <laughs> I really found this person attractive. But again, when you're basically feeling good about this person and there's a lot that goes on to make you feel good about a person, you know, though it, yes, attraction is the first thing. Um, but But then it's, you can end up feeling attracted to somebody because of a lot of other qualities. So once that entire emotional feeling is there, you can start thinking that that person is really attractive, whereas somebody else or maybe lots of other people may not think that person is attractive. Well, the other thing to add on to that point, we also know by a lot of research that when you particularly in the early days when you have when you have some sort of like attraction to a person we've we talk about it a lot the rose tinted glasses there's a lot of chemicals and hormones rushing yes. through our body that reinforces those feelings yes absolutely absolutely um so it's the point is that again what you focus on how you see the world all of that sort of lines up and so in the beginning, you're going to assign lots of positivity. And then through the years, which is why I made my initial statement about I want to know how long these people, 
have been in the relationship Mm -hmm. but through the years things start to get same old same old and you know then you're not quite as satisfied and I tend to think that that might uh, end up making you look around a little bit more okay finding other people more attractive yeah no that makes that makes sense um, and and we talked about this a bit off air, but this I think this creates a paradox. This unconscious um, skewing of attractiveness, where the more satisfied we become in our relationship, the more we unconsciously mm-hmm. find somebody less attractive. And by knowing that. It seems that it would be like, oh, good. I don't have to worry about this. I can put my guard mm-hmm. down a little bit more, right? Um, because I know that, like, I am so happy in my marriage. I don't have to worry about this. Um, but you, you're kind of making the point that as time goes on, like, yes, that even let's just assume that's a true fact that we unconsciously do find people less attractive the happier we are um, if they're single. Um, that uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Let's assume. Let's assume all that. Um, d- but that doesn't mean that things can't happen. That doesn't mean that things can't arise. And somebody steps into your life that brings to your attention novelty, comfort, excitement, whatever it is that you. Th- to your point, that you are missing in your relationship. That maybe you you were. Uh, consciously unaware of like you you're happy in your marriage but you didn't realize like wow i kind of actually miss doing these things yeah yeah um yes and i think the other point is that the more that you settle in Mm -hmm. and sort of feel like well my marriage is okay and get comfortable the less you work at it the more you take it for granted and that that then becomes a dangerous place to go because it makes it much easier for you to be vulnerable to um, other forces that would provide you with something different, something novel, something that grabs your attention. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's the antidote? The antidote is to make sure that you pay attention to each other, to make sure that you're appreciating each other, to make sure that you're letting your partner know that he or she matters. Uh, You know, those little things are really at the essence of a good relationship. Okay. So, I I mean, to kind of like wrap up and sum up and all that other stuff, I think everyone wants to get to this point in their marriage, their relationship um, where they can get to that comfort level where they don't have to fuss about it all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is one of the beautiful things about having a long-term committed relationship like marriage. Like you can, I I was actually just having dinner with a friend who made this statement, you are so lucky to be married and not have to worry about like the dating world. And she was was, like telling me stories and all the different apps that she uses to try to find a mate and all these different things. And it is, it's comforting. And you can kind of like let your guard down and focus on other things. Um, And we know as we've been talking that 
you know, you can only control what you can control and other people might make a move uh, to get themselves uh, into your relationship. Um, what is like, what is the key here, knowing what we now know based on this study um, to move forward? And, and, and because we want, I guess part of, part of what we do with Hitched is we want to keep it in people's minds that you can't just ignore your relationship. You can't ignore mm-hmm. your marriage. You can't like say that was an awesome wedding. We had a, an amazing honeymoon and now onto everything else that mm-hmm. we know that marriages thrive best when you prioritize it and put some focus on it. Um, but you don't want it to be in that defensive mode. You don't want it to, to always have to think like, oh, who's trying to steal right. my person now? So what what are your thoughts um, where we can balance this level of comfort? Like I don't have to worry about um, m- the security of my marriage but I want to keep it strong and fun and loose. Well, I, I think, you know, basically what I just said a moment ago, if you do those things on a regular basis, then it just becomes part of your repertoire. It becomes part of who you are as a couple and it will continue to feed off of each other and, you know, continue to make each other happy. Um, I remember years ago, I had a male client come in and he used a very, he made a very interesting statement that has obviously stuck with me. He said, I treat my girlfriend as if she's a queen because if I don't, somebody else will. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, you know, and I think that, you know, if we realize that we've chosen this other person and we chose them because you know we saw a lot that was um, important to us that helped us feel like you know we mattered that um, we respect this other you know all those good things yeah and that we we have to nurture that we have to you know you can't expect a plant to thrive unless you put it in the sunlight unless you give it water you can't just buy the plant and take it home and then figure it's going to be okay you got to take care of it well the same thing goes for your relationship but i think that you know if you do that regularly then the plant you know continues to grow and be beautiful Mm -hmm. and it becomes fairly easy if you know if, if i put out a little positive to my husband he gives it back to me and then I want to give it back to him. And, you know, it just, it just keeps working that way. Yeah. It's not to say that it doesn't, you know, go off track every now and then, but then you can put it back on track fairly easily. Yeah. No, that's a great point. And I, you, to, it, it, it's a self-fulfilling ecosystem where the more you feed it, the more it'll grow. And I love, I love the, the point about you have to nurture it because that is the thing you don't, you don't again i hate i hate when people reference marriage as like hard work mm-hmm. like things you love aren't hard work they're they take time and effort but there's enjoyment in that you know mm-hmm. and there's fulfillment in that and i think that's the same thing with this what you were just yeah. talking about yeah um this was excellent karen um can we can we wrap this up or did you have any final closing statements no i think i think we're good okay 
Well, let's wrap it up then. <laughs> uh, so I want to thank you, Karen, so much for your time. Always a pleasure to have these uh, very interesting and lively conversations. So thank you once again. My pleasure. And I want to remind everyone, you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. You can find her at her website, drkarensherman.com. Karen is the author of Mindfulness in the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. And Karen has her own radio show every Wednesday on the Sex Talk Radio Network called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship. And in just five minutes, Karen will present a real relationship issue, tell you what's behind it and how to resolve it. So be sure to tune in to that. And uh, you can get this information and links to Karen's stuff at our website, hitchedmag.com. You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Pinterest, uh, on Instagram. Uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, if you are looking for something to uh, maybe spark a little novelty into your relationship, we have a uh, wine club. You may or may not know that. Uh, so check that out. We will deliver wine to you every month. And so you and your spouse will have something to gather around and have a conversation with. So uh, that is kind of the whole idea behind it. Oh, and each shipment comes with date ideas that we produce just for the wine club. So that's another thing. So each shipment comes with date ideas. So uh, with that being said, I want to thank you one last time. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right. That's going to do it. Take care, everybody.